This is Caps PA announcer Wes Johnson, and you're listening to Bull the Pod. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of What the Puck. It is a Washington Capitals podcast, which means it's a podcast about your 2018 Stanley Cup champions. Thank you all for listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player.fm, Overcast, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Facebook, and YouTube. Well, the Stanley Cup playoffs are in full swing. Lots of games going on. The Capitals involved with none of them. But the Caps are staying busy in this offseason as we prepare for the draft lottery in just two short weeks. Joining me, as always, to talk all about the end of this disappointing season, Coach Dan. What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing all right. How you doing, buddy? Doing good. Feeling good. You know what? Actually, I take that back. Uh-oh. Allergy. I don't have allergies, but for some reason, the nose just just running when I'm outside. <laughs> it's ridiculous right now. Yeah, I uh, I, I only have the use of one nostril because I have pretty bad allergies. The pollen, little crazy. You don't have allergies. Yeah, that's the weird part. Yeah, you, like I can't cut the grass without having to come inside every twenty minutes to blow my nose. Yeah, you see, back in uh, you know, back in twenty twenty, when everyone was told to mask up. I already had those masks because I have to wear them when I cut the grass because my allergies are so bad. So, like, I was prepped. I was ready for 2020 when that hit. <laughs> but anyway, let's talk a little oh, Let's talk a little bit about what's going on with the Capitals right now. A little bit to talk about. We're just going to finish out the season uh, that ended, uh, like, two weeks ago. Kind of give everybody an update of what has happened. But a surprise to absolutely no one. Peter Laviolette will not be returning as the head coach of the Washington Capitals. His contract was finished up. Allegedly, he was the one that asked for it not to be renewed. Uh, we're fine with that. I think we all knew it wasn't working. But uh, Laviolette not returning as the head coach of the Capitals. What's your take on that? We we kind of saw it coming. It's it's It was kind of like inevitable. But what, what do you think of... Laviolette no longer being the coach and tell me what you thought of his time as the coach. I mean, I think, I think he probably saw the writing on the wall and decided to meet with McClellan prior to being told they weren't going to renew his contract uh, or sign him to a new contract. Probably the more appropriate way to put it. I think he knew what was coming and just, and just kind of got out in front of it. Uh, which is fine. I don't have a problem with the fact that the Caps decided to move on. I think it makes a hundred percent sense. It, it just, it didn't work. Lavula is clearly a very good hockey coach, but he's very much a guy who did not work in DC. He, if I, he didn't win a playoff series. Uh, we didn't make the playoffs this season and his refusal to incorporate young players when they clearly needed some of that this season I think put him in a spot that he couldn't recover from. And this team needs to move in another direction. And it's not just uh, McClellan. It's not just Laviolette leaving town. We've also now seen that assistant coaches, Kevin McCarthy, who's buddies with Laviolette. So that we all, I think I saw coming. Um, But also, and this, unfortunately, I hate to say when someone loses their job, and I'm sure he's going to, you know, rebound somewhere else. But Blaine Forsyth will also not be returning next season. And this is a guy who... You know, the play, he's been in charge of the power play, and the power play has been, you know, not great at times. 
And I, it hasn't, it's been stale. It hasn't been updated. And I think that was a move that the team most definitely needed to make. And so we're going to have a new head coach. We're going to have some new assistant coaches. Some coaches are currently still under contract. That very much can change prior to the start of next season, depending on who the new head coach is. But they're hanging on to assistant coach Scott Allen. He came in and worked with the uh, PK, which actually was doing really well, I thought, this season. Goaltending coach Scott Murray. I think he's really good. They want to hang on to him. Assistant coach, video coach uh, Brett Leonard, and video coordinator uh, Emily Engel. Is it Noski? They'll be returning, at least as of right now. And I think that will probably stay the same. My guess is when McClellan's having conversations with potential coaches, that's at least a conversation they have in terms of like, hey, we have these people already under contract. What do you think? You know, I don't think, especially if you're, depending on who they decide to bring in, they may not have a whole team that's ready to come with them or able to come with them. And so having guys already here that know the players, that know the organization, that are have things that they're doing that are working makes a lot of sense. Um, but you know, when I look back on Laviolette's tenure, I look back on it as a missed opportunity given the talent on this team. And yes, they had a lot of injury issues, but I think he did not handle it in terms of um, not coaching per se, but like roster choices. I don't think he handled that well enough. And I think that in the end meant that a, a, a parting was necessary. I have to give Laviolette credit because he came in during the COVID era and it was like right before, right? His first season was 2019, 2020. No, because it wasn't Todd Reardon. He was in the bubble, wasn't he? They had one series in the bubble and then he was fired. And then Laviolette was picked up after that September. So on, uh, on September 15th, 2020. So you're right. You're right. Yes. Apologies. Yes. So he came in at a Reardon really finished out the COVID season. Right. He so Laviolette came in at a really rough time. This was an uphill battle before he even stepped into. So was it for every other coach? I, like I, I don't. Yeah. I don't give him. But it was the comment as a new coach? Okay, fine. But like every other coach and every other team had to deal with the uncertainty of what to do with COVID. So I, I give him no leeway. In terms of that situation, because other coaches have the same problem. I know, but I, I'm giving him credit for being willing to step in at this time. Like, I remember when they talked to, about the 2021 season that Laviolette said, I'm meeting people I've never met before and I've been here a year already. So, like, for him to <laughs> for him to come in during that uncertain time, I'm giving the guy credit for at least doing that. Coming in to a brand new team that you don't know uh, too many people, you know, you don't know what kind of personalities are in the room. It's even more stressful because you can't have meetings with people. You can't really get to know people as you would have if it was just a, a normal season. So I'm giving him credit for that, how he handled it. I don't know if it was a good mix, you know, Dmitry Orlov came out recently and said that now that he was with the Bruins, he was enjoying playing the sport of hockey again. So I think that was kind of a slight on Laviolette by saying like it was. They're also winning. Well, yeah, that that helps a lot. <laughs> Caps weren't doing much of that. Yeah. But I mean, I think that's a big deal with with guys is that they want to win. They want to be a part of a winning team and they want to have fun. That was the thing. That was like the key to the 2018 Stanley Cup. Remember, they, they felt like they were the underdogs. They didn't have the world on their shoulders, and they were playing Mario Kart in between games instead of worrying about what was going to happen next game. So I think this really was like uh, going to school and having homework. None of those guys really enjoyed it. 
I give Laviolette credit for trying, but it just it wasn't a good fit. It didn't work out. And uh, we've only got a few years left of the Ovechkin era. I'm using era a lot today for some reason. Uh, you really are. I really am. Uh, but uh, we only have a couple years left. So this next pick for the coach, this is a, this is a big one. Probably the, the biggest one that Brian McClellan's going to ever make because this is your last shot with Ovi. You've got three, four years left, and that's it. I mean, yes and no. If the new guy comes in and he's like garbage by November, December, they could be like, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> and then make a change. And I, I'm curious to see. I mean, there's a couple of names out there that I think are going to be really interesting in terms of who they talk to. And I haven't seen anything either way in terms of like who they're interested in and uh, who they maybe are going to want to talk to or have already talked to. Let's check with check in with good old. That did what I wanted. Um, Tarek Al-Bashir in terms of what he's been got. That's your, that's your go to guy. That is my go to guy. He's the man. But I don't see anything. Oh, we actually had some news that broke. I didn't even see that back on April 25th. Uh, another guy is actually leaving the Caps. I did not know about this. Did you know about this? That um, strength and conditioning coach Mark Nemish will be leaving after 16 years. He's going to start his own business. Yeah. Well, good for him. So that's going to be another another role they're going to have to fill. Huh, I had no idea. Anyways, I don't know kind of who they're going to bring in, obviously. I think Andrew Burnett is certainly one that should be looked at in terms of what he's been able to do, not only with New Jersey this season, but Florida last year as the interim head coach. Sure. I actually was quite surprised they didn't give him the full-time gig. They decided to go with someone a bit more experienced than Paul Maurice, but uh, I think that's Maurice down there. But, uh, you know, that's one name to look at. I mean, you brought up Spencer Carberry in the past. He's been doing really good things in Toronto, former head coach of the South Carolina Stingrays and the Hershey Bears. He won, I believe, the AHL Coach of the Year. I don't remember what year it was, 1920, something like that, when he was with the Bears, maybe later than that. So there's there's names out there. I know people have talked about Halpern. His name's been thrown out. I'm sure there are a couple other guys. I really like the idea of Brunette because he comes in with a little bit more experience in terms of being a head coach. Not a ton, mind you. It might just be that one year uh, overseeing Florida, but he did some really good things last year with them. Um, especially in a very interesting situation where they thought they had Joel Quenville for the season. And then turns out he was involved in a very uh, bad situation and they decided to move on from it. Right. Uh, both the NHL and the Panthers. Um, so that's certainly a name I will keep an eye out in terms of if the Caps decide to have a conversation with Brunette. And then, you know, anyone else they bring in, it'll be curious. But it's definitely, it's definitely a big hire and it's one that McClellan needs to get right. Because I think if next season goes poorly... I would not at all be surprised to see if McClellan's potentially on the hot seat and might be on his way out. That is always a, a thing you think about with uh, the GM job. We saw that happen when uh, with George McPhee uh, when he was let go. You know, if a head coach doesn't work out, then you know maybe the front office goes, well, maybe we start anew. And we saw that recently with the Pittsburgh Penguins cleaning house as well. So that is definitely something that comes up. Let's talk a little bit more about Brian McClellan and what he said at the end of the season. He brought up Nick Backstrom's name, and he says that Nick Backstrom has a lot to think about with this offseason coming up of what to do next. And he kind of said Nick needs to think about whether playing is the right move for him and his family, if retirement should be an option. But what, what is your take on what Brian McClellan said about Nick Backstrom? Because Nick Backstrom is an older guy. He had He had surgery that a lot of players don't come back from. Like, is Nick Backstrom the same Nick Backstrom that he was just a couple of years ago? Or is he an improved Nick Backstrom? 
is retirement the way to go for him? That's a question that Nick Backstrom is going to have to answer. Like, I don't know if he's, he may not want to retire. He may want to keep playing. He might look at this and go, well, I know I'm not quite the same guy I was before, but I can still play at a high level. I think to some extent, McClellan's probably looking at his contract and going, I'd love to find a way to free up some of that cap money. Although, does that even how it works? I have no idea. Let me Google this real fast. If a player with retained salary, this is from Puckpedia. If a player with retained salary retires, all that player's cap is removed, which includes his current team and his former team that retained salary. He signed the contract before he was 35. So I think, I think if I'm reading that right, his contract will uh, come off the books, which means you've got now $9.2 million to play with. What I think he's saying is that it's a possibility. I don't think he's saying that Backstrom should retire. I think he's saying he needs to think about what's the best thing for him going forward. I think what we've seen from Backstrom is he has every intention of coming back and playing. But I also don't feel like he's the type of guy that will come out and be like, well, we'll see. You know, I think he wants to play, but I think we're going to have to see how his summer goes. I think having that extra time, you know, them missing the playoffs is not a good thing for the organization and a lot of the players, but for him having that extra time to rest could get him back to something resembling what this team needs him to be. And whether that's a first line, second line or third line guy, you know, we'll see where he's at in September. Um, But if he retires, yes, they have a ton of money to play with, but that's a big old hole in the lineup. you got to fill. Yeah. And not just because of his name. And uh, we know he is. That's potentially two centers. Yeah. And he's, he, we know that Nick Backstrom will not be playing for Team Sweden in the World Championship. He did come out and say that he is taking this full off season. He is not going to be playing anywhere else that is not in a Caps uniform. We know Rasmus Sandin actually will be playing for Team Sweden in the World Championship next month. Uh, so he will be getting some extra playing time in. He's a young guy, so it makes sense for him to head over there. We're still waiting for news from any other team any other players that will be at the world championship he's the only one i know of that has been confirmed but we were we were thinking like could nick backstrom go since he missed a little bit of time could john carlson go he missed some time could tom wilson go he missed some time i have to imagine i mean tom wilson might be the only guy i can think of that would voluntarily go i think everybody else is going to use that full off season but hearing from tom wilson that he came back and then had a fracture on his foot and that's why he missed all that time after coming back in January. Like, he's going to be sitting down as well, and he won't be playing. Let everybody rest. I mean, Sandine, for, I think this is his first opportunity to play for his country. Let him do it. You know, he's a young guy. Give him the minutes. Not that Wilson's like an old dude. But, like, although he'll be 30 in, um, well, towards the end of next season. Never mind. That's fine. Anyways, uh, let Sandine play. Everyone else, take a break. Clear your head. Get an opportunity to step away from the game and then come back next season stronger. But I think the big thing is that they had a lot of injuries this year. Big time. So they need to do everything they can to not have that happen again, to take that break and come back next season ready to go with a lineup that, you know, depending on how some things go, could look very different. Well, speaking of that lineup, let me tell you, I mean, this might be stepping on your toes a little bit with down on the farm. But if you listen to uh, Caps this morning, they interviewed the coach for the Hershey Bears, and he brought up a pairing that I was thinking, and I'm like, 
that pairing doesn't make any sense. But then when he brought it up, I'm like, you know what? That actually might be brilliant. Uh, Alexia Protas is being paired up with Henrik's LaPierre. Now, Protas is like, you know, he's a giant. He's a huge dude. And LaPierre is a tiny guy. To have those two guys on the same line, that could be very much like a Wilson OV esque type of even though Ovi's not a small guy in any way shape or form but I'm saying like Protus is a big guy he's a big body but he's got the skills he's not just a goon or whatever and you've got like the guy with the speed and let Hendricks LaPierre like if this works out in Hershey that's a pairing I could definitely see playing up in the NHL one day I would agree with that I don't think it's necessarily next season. I think LaPierre is going to get another year in Hershey, yeah. potentially even McMichael. He, he had a rough season, season in Hershey, Hershey LaPierre. Like, it was his first time playing professionally. He's done some of the junior stuff, but like he had a very up-and-down season. So I think LaPierre in the minors again would probably be best for his game. I would agree. I mean, I think he comes in in September. If he's playing well, you give him a longer look at training camp. Unless he's like just blowing people out of the water, I think he ends up in Hershey. But if you can give him more time against NHL-ready players, I don't think that's necessarily the worst thing, even if you know he's going down to Hershey because he's getting an opportunity to get some more experience at the NHL level, even if it's in preseason. But he's going to have – I mean, he would have to have a ridiculous training camp, I think, to make this roster. But again, there's a lot that could change in regards to this roster before next season. So I think that's kind of the biggest thing right now in terms of what we're – what we're looking at and seeing what they're going to do. I mean, it, 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 I mean, we could be having a conversation when we bring the show back in, in the fall or late summer. And we're like, so these are the new guys. <laughs> or even over the summer, if we record something, we're like, all right, this guy, this guy, and this guy. And you're going, all right, tell me about him. I'm going, I don't know. I never heard of this dude before we traded for him. No, I mean, the, it's not going to look dramatically different barring anything crazy happening. But I mean, there's a very good possibility that we have two brand new centers on this roster come September or, you know, opening night in October. So, you know, a lot can happen between now and even July 1st when they open free agency. I mean, we need a head coach first. There's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of holes. But who are the two centers? So you're saying uh, potentially Nick Backstrom, if he were to retire, who was the other center you're thinking about? One, Yevgeny Kuznetsov. Okay, so you're 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 wondering if he's set to leave i mean the trade rumors were happening apparently he asked for a trade two two years ago it didn't happen you're thinking maybe it might happen lavulette leaving if there's like a percentage meter somewhere that like the possibility of him getting traded uh going up or down i i think lavulette leaving probably reduces it a little bit Mm -hmm. i think they might want to bring in a head coach and be like hey what do you want to do with this guy but it sounds like based on mcclellan's convert you know when he had the uh, met with the media, he, he seems like he's a little frustrated with Kuznetsov and how he's been playing, and I think that's just you know just justifiable, it's legit. So, I think there's a very good possibility they could trade him in the offseason. I think ideally this team right now has got a hole. If you move him out, you've got a hole in your your first line center. If it, if that's not Dylan Strum, in which case you have a hole in your second line center, and you've got a hole on your right side on the first or second line. Those are two big holes to fill. And then if you lose Backstrom, now you got three giant holes to fill in your like likely first and third line centers and a, a first or second line right wing spot, right? So there's definitely... Oh, and then they have to figure out what to do with Anthony Mantha. 
So there's definitely a lot of work for McCullen to do this offseason. And I wouldn't be shocked if one day I get a text from you saying, you know, it's a, a, a someone's tweet saying, or Tark or, or Matt Wyrick or someone saying, you know, that, that Kuznetsov's been sent to Arizona for somebody else. So, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. I'm curious to see what they would get in return. If they got just, you know, picks and prospects, I'd be a little disappointed and certainly would be curious as to what McClellan's plan is. But I think there's a very good possibility that he gets moved this offseason. And I think it's not necessarily the worst thing for him, you know, for a start. Now, let's think about this a little bit. You have the, the draft lottery coming up May 8th. So we'll find out where the Capitals will be at that point. Let's say the Capitals don't get the number one spot. Would be awesome if they did. But let's say potentially that they don't. Would the Capitals stay put at whatever number that they would get if it was in the top 10? Or do you see McClellan using that as like a, we'll give you this number and then we'll get a, a known veteran player that can make an immediate impact, like a, a, a center, you know, somebody out there in the NHL. We could get a brand new center and you get the number seven spot or something like that what are the chances that they don't use that to actually draft a new talent and they go back to the well for a veteran i mean i think if they're going to trade their first round pick which i think could be what no worse than nine twelve nine something around there Some, somewhere right in that range right i don't know i don't have right in front of me uh let's see i'm going to simulate the lottery the right now we got eighth. I think it's ninth. Eighth. Okay. <laughs> well, that means that's what we got. No. So I think they definitely could move that pick, but I think it needs to be for a guy who's in his mid-20s, if that's the case. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to move him out for a 30, 31, 32-year-old. I think they realize they need to get younger. I think McClellan's even said that multiple times, that this team needs to get younger. And I think if they move that first-round pick out, it's going to be for an NHL-ready player that can play on the you know top six and contribute in their mid-20s. And I think anything other than that would be a gigantic mistake because it would make absolutely no sense. But, I, I mean, I'm curious. If they were able to move out Gustafson in a first-round pick, it being it, it was um, Boston's, sent that to Toronto for Sandine, who's, what, 23? So I could see them doing something like that. Like, do you move Mantha and that first for a, you know, for a, a, a 25 year old. Right. And that is not the worst thing. Cause like, yeah, maybe with that eighth pick or seventh pick, you get a guy that's going to be, you know, a very a top six player, but it's probably not going to be, even though it's a deep draft, it's probably not going to be for a couple of years. Uh, if at least a year. And then you've got a guy who's, you know, older, but not dramatically older than the other player. And is likely going to be able to play in, in the NHL or at least on the team for another seven to 10 years, if not longer. So I don't think that's the worst thing with a team that wants to win now, but it can't be for a guy in his early thirties or even I would say 29. Like it needs to be someone that's going to contribute on this team for a long time. Even 28 it needs to be someone that's contrib- going to contribute on this team for a number of years. And that'd be the only reason that I would do it. Well, we got a lot of stuff coming up. It's going to be a lot of fun to, uh, to check out and, I don't know. We've never been in this spot before where we've got the, the draft. Li- it's, it's been a while. It's been a long time. I shouldn't say never, but it's been a long time since uh, we've been in this situation. And anything could happen. It really could. We could get we could have some good luck. We could have some bad luck. We could trade this pick away. The options are endless here. This is going to be fun. This is going to be fun the next couple of weeks. So 
anything else we should cover here in Caps World? Uh, a couple bits of news. Uh, Cap signed their fourth round pick from 2018, Mitchell Gibson, to a one-year contract. And then they also signed 2022 third round pick, is it Ludwig? Ludwig Pearson. And he was sent to Hershey. He was playing in Sweden. So it's nice to see they got a couple of these young guys coming over and playing. Didn't they send Suzdalev to Hershey or something like that? They have a couple other guys that are, that are down with the Bears. Whether they're playing or not, I haven't checked. But, you know, giving these guys some experience, be it playing in games or at least practicing, is always a good thing to see. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to see how far Hershey and South Carolina can go, which we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah, they are. Hershey is stacked right now. They have so many players there. Like, we don't know if we can fit everybody in the lineup. <laughs> like, that's how deep but they we're are. Gonna right now. try. Yeah. Well, uh, is that it for Caps World? Yeah, man. I mean, I think right now it's a little bit quiet until, you know, I think once they have a new head coach, that will. The problem is, all the guys are probably looking at are coaching right now, um, like in live games. And so, you know, once that happens, and I think we'll kind of see things start to kind of move forward and news to come out as the coach, whoever the new coach is, evaluates the current group of players and what they want to do. I mean, we're looking at a, a team that they don't have a ton of free agents. I mean, I think Craig Smith's going to go. Connor Sherry, it sounds like he's going to go. They have to re-sign Alexi Evan-Favari. I think both of those are pretty much foregone conclusions. That'll happen. Matt Irwin is likely going to go. Connor Brown is one I think is interesting to keep an eye on to see if he comes back. Mm -hmm. Carl Hagelin, I think, is going to go. Um, and they have some guys in the minor, there's, uh, in the minors that they're going to have to decide what to do, but I don't think that's going to be quite as big of a, a thing for that new head coach to, to worry about. And so I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with some of these guys that are under contract in terms of as news may come out saying, you know, hey, so-and-so is potentially going to be on the move as new head coach insert blank here uh or insert name here i should say uh is interested in someone else or not interested in working with this player or something it doesn't fit into their their system or their scheme yeah we will see what happens next it's gonna be fun got lots of uh lots of stuff coming up so if that's it for what's going on in caps world now let's go down on the farm All right, everybody, here we go. We're going down on the farm. We are talking Hershey Bears and South Carolina Stingrays. Those guys are both in the playoffs right now, going for the Calder and Kelly Cups. So, Coach Dan, catch us up. What's going on down on the farm? Let's start in Hershey, where the Bears wrapped up their regular season in second in the Atlantic Division, one point back of first place Providence. See, games early in the season do matter. Now, they're going to start their Calder Cup playoff run with a best-of-five division semifinal series against the Charlotte Checkers this Friday and Saturday with games one and two in Charlotte before they host games three through five starting next Wednesday with games four and five being, if necessary, next Thursday and the following Sunday. The third-seeded Charlotte Checkers won two of their three games over Lehigh Valley last week for the right to play the Bears, who went three and three and two against Charlotte this past season. I said that weird. We're going with it. It's weird uh, that um, 
the Bears have actually had off for like 13 days, almost a full two weeks because they had that first round bye. Do you think that's going to affect them going against a team like the Charlotte Checkers who had to win a series? They might not uh, have any rink rust, if you will, being off that long. Do you think that time off is going to affect the Bears in any way? I think the first five to probably 10 minutes of game one is certainly going to affect them. Uh, I think that, you know, you got a team that's already in, uh, you know, playing do or die hockey. They've been, they had to win a series, like you said. And I think that's going to affect them at least at the beginning of game one, especially considering they haven't played in so long. Once they start to get their feet under them again, then I think it'll be a real series and we'll see what happens there. But I think starting on the road with two games, even though you're the higher seed, which I get why they do it that way. It just seems very odd. Um, So, but it is what it is. Should we go down to South Carolina? Let's do it. Let's do it. The Stingrays, they ended their regular season in first place, winning the South division by two points. They are currently playing in the Kelly cup playoffs against the Florida Everblades with their series tied at one game apiece with game three happening. Is it happening? It's happening shortly, right? Their game, game starts. Time. Game three starts at seven 30. So in about an hour. Yeah. In about an hour from when we were recording, they will have game three, hopefully winning that game three. I got to tell you these jerseys that they're wearing with the, I don't understand the CHS or whatever. I love these jerseys. Hold that closer to the screen. CHS. Is that going to work? Somebody help us out. What does that mean? Moving over to some prospect news. Congratulations are in order for goaltending prospect Chase Clark, who won the NCAA National Championship with the Quinnipiac Bobcats, and he did so on his 21st birthday. Brandon, I wonder how he chose to celebrate. That is quite, you know, I mean, it's, it's like going to be a mystery. It's not like the Stanley Cup, though. Like, he can't drink out of the award you get for winning the Frozen Four. So, unfortunately. But... I bet he drank out of something else later that night. <laughs> and probably quite a few other things. And that's what's going on down on the farm. All right. Well, hey, lots of hockey still going on. If you want to check out the Hershey Bears games, of course, you know, you can listen to them on the Capitals Radio 24-7 app. So, definitely do that. Go Bears! Go Stingrays. Now let's go around the NHL and beyond. All right, everybody, here we go. We're going around the NHL and beyond. There's lots of stuff going on in the NHL and all over the world. So we are going to talk all about it. Coach Dan, catch us up. What's going on around the NHL and beyond? Well, with the NHL regular season having come to an end, teams are not only evaluating the players, but they evaluate their coaching staff. And Peter Laviolette, unfortunately, is not the only person out of a job. Anaheim announced that head coach Dallas Eakins won't be returning next season as his contract, similar to Laviolette, was coming to an end. They decided to part ways. And Columbus is also going to be making a change as they fired head coach Brad Larson. They also fired goalie coach Manny Legacy, the former NHLer. Hadn't saw that name in quite some time. Wow. Some interesting news, Brandon. Let's head down under where the NHL, I can't do an Australian accent. The NHL announced the Arizona Coyotes and the Los Angeles Kings will face off in the first ever NHL games in the Southern Hemisphere as Melbourne, Australia will be hosting games in the 2023 NHL Global Series. 
Now, the preseason game between Arizona and L.A. will be played on Saturday, September 23rd and Sunday, September 24th at the Rod Laver Arena. Now, as you may remember, the first Australian NHL player, former Washington Capitol Nathan Walker, the team he currently plays for, St. Louis. Kind of feel like there's a missed marketing opportunity here by not having the team that the Australian guy plays for playing in Australia. Can he get traded just for a game? How does no one at the NHL go, uh, guys, we have an Aussie right over here. Can we, can we say, should someone call St. Louis? Can we call the blues? Is Doug Armstrong still there? Hey, Dougie, you guys want to go, uh, go, go to Australia. I know they got really big, scary spiders. Speaking of Australia, I saw this video not too long ago. They have these weird storms that like just suck up the spiders and they just hover in clouds before dropping back down at the end of the storm. Nope. Nope. You, nope. I will send that to you. Nope. Yeah. A freaky, I like no thank you at all. Uh, What's happening over there? Unnecessary. Yeah, crazy spiders and kangaroos that punch you. <laughs> what is happening in Australia? That's not even true. I would love to go to Australia, but I don't think I could be on a plane that long. I, I, I'd lose my mind. We should go. Now, we as should we totally go for this game. Yeah, that's not happening. As we, for the giant spider storms alone. As we mentioned in the last segment, congratulations are in order to Quinnipiac University for winning this year's Frozen Four tournament for the first time in school history. They beat Minnesota 3-2 to two in a thrilling 10-second overtime period. If only the Caps could follow that lead and win in overtime. I sent you that overtime uh, video. That was a, a beauty of a goal. Just an absolutely beauty of a goal. I... I I was watching that live, and I was shocked at how quickly they were able to get it done in overtime. But crazy, crazy goal! Way to go, Quinnipiac! What a what a tournament! You know you've done something right when Brandon and I can pronounce your school name correctly. <laughs> like you've definitely become more well known. Let's move into some more beyond news as Abby Murphy made international hockey history on April 7th during the USA versus Switzerland game. Murphy scored just seven seconds into the game. That is the fastest goal ever scored in a women's world's game. Previous record was 13 seconds set in 1994. Now, congratulations are also in order to Team USA for winning the IIHF's Women's World Championship, beating Canada 6-3. There were some uh, historic records and things that were achieved during this game. First was that Captain Hillary Knight got a hat trick, securing her 99th, 100th, and 101st career women world. I said that wrong. Career women's world points. I don't know how I was supposed to phrase that. That sounded weird. We're moving on. The gold also gives Knight nine career golds, tying Danielle Goyette for most all time. It is also her 13th career medal, tying Haley Wickenheiser for most all-time as well. Head coach John Warbluski becomes the first coach in U.S. hockey history to lead both men's and women's national teams to gold. Now, with that win at the Women's World Championship, Team USA will be defending the gold on home ice next year. The IIHF and USA Hockey announced that next year's IIHF... I seem like I say IIHF a lot. They love their branding. When we do... They do announce that next year's women's world championship will be played in Utica, New York. They'll be using two venues for the 31 games, the Adirondack bank center. It's really big chairs (laughs) 
And uh, you, that was a dumb joke. And you know, Utica University Nexus Center with the tentative dates. You laughed at it, so it counts. It's a good one. With the tentative dates being April 4th to the 14th in 2024. That sounds weird saying 2024. Already, yeah. Like, we're almost, I mean, we're almost four months into 2023, and it's still sounding, saying 2024 just sounds weird. The U.S. has hosted the IIHF, there it is again, <laughs> Women's World Championship four times, most recently in 2017 in Plymouth, Michigan, at the USA Hockey Arena. On April 21st, during the U18 World Championship, Gabe Perel set a new all-time points record for USA Hockey with 118 points while wearing the red, white, and blue. He posted three goals and two assists to break the record for points scored in a single season by a U.S. national team development player. 17-year-old overtook NHL star Austin Matthews, American star who plays in Canada, Austin Matthews. For whatever reason, I think that's funny. It, I mean, it makes complete sense, but whatever. I don't know. Toronto needed an American uh, to get to the playoffs again. There you, whoa, Ryan's going to be mad at you. <laughs> uh, who netted 117 points in the 2024-2015 season. And Parole isn't done either. He is at 121 points and counting in 2022-2023. Now, he's committed to Boston College and is a top prospect for the 2023 NHL draft. Wonder if he would like to stay in red, white, and blue. Oh. Preferably not in New York. Yes. And finally, the you-know-who announced (laughs) that the 2024 you-know-what ice hockey world championship will be held in Prague. He likes that one. In Prague and Ostrava from May 10th to the 26th. And again, it sounds weird. 2024. This will be the 11th time the tournament will be held in the Czech Republic and the first time in nine years. Speaking of the Czech Republic, he's going off brand uh, or off topic. Um, I was listening to a uh, James Bond podcast recently as I was driving back from New York and they were doing like a um, a recap more or less or a rewatch of Casino Royale, mm-hmm. the first of the Daniel Craig series. Terrible. And you remember when they go to, um, oh no, Montenegro and like they have the tournament and everything and it looks all beautiful. Yeah, that was shot in Prague, oh. in and around Prague, I believe. So that's not what Montenegro looks like. But I always remember watching that movie and going, I want to go there. That looks really pretty. <laughs> You know why? Because it's Prague, and Prague apparently is beautiful. That's the news from the past few weeks in the NHL. And... I, I remember watching that movie and going, why did I pay to see this? I want to go home. Oh, you are so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I hated I, I hated Daniel Craig as James Bond. I haven't liked any James Bond movie. I'm not a James Bond guy. I don't know what it is. I just can't get into That's it. That's your I, mistake. I don't know why. Anything else we should talk about in this episode of What the Puck? No, man. I think we covered pretty much everything. I'm sure, you know, we, uh, <laughs> I'm sure we've missed something. Do you want to talk anything uh, more about the IIHF? Uh, you know what? I do not. I think I've heard enough, <laughs> or I have said those letters more than enough this evening. <laughs> All right, well, if you guys would like to continue the conversation with Coach Dan or I, you can. It's real easy. All you have to do is tweet to either one of us. You can tweet to me at Brando Cash. Coach Dan, where can people tweet to you at? As While they still can, because Twitter is still around currently. Just waiting for it to implode. You can find me on that oh, the hellscape of an app, uh, program, website, whatever it is you decide to how to get on there. At WTP Coach Dan talking Caps hockey when as news breaks, talking Arsenal Football Club, been in a considerable slump. I'm sure 
There are a number of reasons for it, but things are not going well for the Gunners in North London. They were top of the table. They technically still are, but they won't be for long, unfortunately, with City having two games in hand. But hey, I think they're the youngest or second youngest team in the uh, Premier League this past season, or this season as it still is going on. And uh, to be fighting to win the uh, win the league, I will take it. They're ahead of schedule. I'm also on there talking about other sports, talking about the Bills, the hopefully soon-to-be Dan Snyder-less Commanders, mm-hmm. and all other things in the wide world of uh, sports. It's finding me on Twitter, at WTP Koshan. But hey, if you've enjoyed the show and the IIHF, go ahead and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash whatthepuckpod. It's where we'll post when new shows are coming at, as well as all sorts of things related to the Washington Capitals, the Hershey Bears, South Carolina Stingrays, the Hershey Cubs, and the uh, what is it, International Ice Hockey Federation as they post thing when things are coming out. Now Brandon's going to find everything related to the IIHF <laughs> and post about it just to annoy me. That's Facebook.com slash WhatThePuckPod. But Brandon, I was talking about the Bills, what they might do, the Commanders. They declined the fifth-year option on Chase Young, which I actually think was a smart move. Still gives you the opportunity to re-sign him, but he's got to play his way and show that he can be healthy. But if someone happens to be a fan of a certain purple-clad team based out of Baltimore, is there a podcast they should check out? That's right. You can check out my Baltimore Ravens podcast called The Call. We're putting out a new episode to talk about the NFL draft that's happening this week as well. Coach Dan actually said, hey, I'm ready to record, and I had 10 minutes left of editing for that. So those two episodes, this episode and that one, will be coming out on the same day. So make sure wherever you subscribe to this podcast, you are also subscribing to my Ravens podcast as well. Now, Coach Dan and I do this show for free. You listen, stream, and download for free on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player.fm, Overcast, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Facebook, and YouTube. All we ask in return is for you to please spread the word about the show. Write us an Apple Podcast review. Rate us over on Spotify and let people know on Facebook and Twitter and Tumblr and Pinterest and Instagram and Reddit and Snapchat and Twitch and TikTok and Hive and Discord, anywhere you're social on the web or with your phone. Say, I'm a Washington Capitals fan. I listen to What the Puck and you should too. So, I don't know when Coach Dan and I will be back, but make sure you go over to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash whatthepuckpod. Like us over there, and whenever a new show comes out, you'll be the first to know, and you can listen to new shows right there on Facebook. Uh, It will be coming out probably around the draft lottery, which is 12 days away, so maybe look for an episode in about two weeks or so. It's when the draft lottery is. I'm going to do a simulate lottery right now, and where are we? Ninth. Lovely. Great. Let's do it again. And ninth. And all right. We're staying at ninth, apparently. Sucks. Anyway, that is it for what's going on uh, in the Caps world. Everybody, it's the off season. Plenty of stuff going on, though. Say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Let's go, Caps. This has been a production of Brando Cash Entertainment. Music by DJ Wolfman. Voiceover by Sarah Jacks. For more information, go to brandocash.com.